Greetings, everyone. Thanks for returning to listen to another story about the Peters children. This week's story, The Peters Babysitting Adventures, is one we hope you enjoy, and one we hope helps you love Jesus and honor him a little more each day. Each time I listen to a new story, I am struck by how much I need Jesus to help me live the Christian life. As you listen to this week's story, make sure to listen intently for the title of a hymn or a line from a hymn. If you hear it, be sure to email us at whimsywins at gmail.com. If yours is the first correct answer we receive, we will send you a prize. Last week's winners, brothers T.R. and Jackson from Concord, California, submitted the correct answer of To God Be the Glory from the story Pearson Peters Race. So hip hip hooray! Good job, guys. Finally, don't forget about our contest to name one of the Peters Twin Girls who are due this month. Email us your name suggestion by midnight Pacific Standard Time on November 24, 2019. There will be one winner. If the judges select your name, we will send you a prize and one of the twin girls will be named after your winning entry. We've already received several suggestions and boy oh boy, the judges are going to have a hard time selecting a winner. Let's get to the story. The Peters Babysitting Adventures. Like most children, Pearson and Penelope Peters loved their cousins. Although the Peters children were the oldest of the cousins, age made no difference to them. They doted on the little ones. And this week, they would have a chance to dote on them even more. Because their little cousins, Ellie, Lucy, and Jordan, would be coming to visit for an extended stay. Their cousin's parents, Uncle Gordon and Aunt Larissa, who was Mama Peter's younger sister, were leaving their children with the Peters family because Uncle Gordon had surprised Aunt Larissa with a week-long cruise. Despite Aunt Larissa's concern about Mama Peters being overwhelmed with her pregnancy, Mama Peters reassured her multiple times that they were happy to take on the three little ones and would have the time of their lives. So it was that on Saturday morning, Uncle Gordon pulled up in their black station wagon, and as fast as lightning, Ellie, Lucy, and Jordan bounded out of the car and raced up to the house. They were as excited as Pearson and Penelope. Even though Jordan was only two, he loved Sosan and Elipi. That's the best he could do with the pronunciation of his cousins' names, which Penelope and Pearson found even more endearing. Pearson and Penelope, who had been waiting expectantly for their cousins, opened the front door to let their cousins in. Ellie, the oldest at five, dramatically threw her arms around Penelope, who returned the hug. Lucy, the three-year-old, was a bit more reserved, but when Pearson picked her up, she quickly warmed up and shouted, Let's play with your cars! Baby Jordan, not to be outdone by his siblings, shouted something indecipherable, like, So, son, LP, play cars! Naturally, his sweet gibberish made the children laugh. Uncle Gordon and Aunt Larissa, who were loaded down with luggage, walked in and set down the bags. Uncle Gordon made his way back out to the car for some more of the children's things. Hi, Larissa, Mama greeted her younger sister with a hug. Oh, hi, sis. Are you sure this isn't too much for you? You're getting so much bigger. Aunt Larissa pointed to Mama's belly and patted it affectionately. <laughs> Well, of course, I expect that to keep happening. Mama Peters looked fondly at her belly, which was definitely larger than when she had carried Pearson and Penelope. Pregnancies with twins usually means bigger bellies, 
and Mama Peter's belly was no exception. Okay, though I'm not convinced, but Ellie can help with the children too. She's a very good helper at home. I'm not sure I'll be able to have fun thinking about them. Oh, Larissa, stop. They'll be fine. Pearson and Penelope will keep them so busy all week with games and toys. I'm not concerned at all. Please try to enjoy your time away. All right. But if you have any problems at all, don't hesitate to put them on timeouts, if you think it's appropriate. Unfortunately, Ellie has been struggling with her clothes again. She only wants to wear what she wants to wear. We've been working hard at reminding her to obey with a happy heart. And Jordan's temper tantrums. Oh dear, are they intense. I am so sorry if they give you any trouble. Larissa, it will be fine. I have my own children. They have their issues too. Everything will be just fine, Mama Peters reassured Larissa for the umpteenth time. All right, I'll take your word for it, and I'm praying all goes well. Larissa was trying so hard not to worry. Come on, Larissa, they'll be fine. Uncle Gordon took Aunt Larissa's hand in his and began to usher her toward the door. We're going to have a great time, Daddy Peters declared confidently from the floor of the den where he was playing on the xylophone with Jordan. After lots of hugs and kisses and instructions, Uncle Gordon and Aunt Larissa walked out to the car. Ellie, Lucy, and Jordan were a bit tearful as they waved goodbye to the departing car which held their parents. But Penelope and Pearson and Mama and Daddy Peters were all there to offer consolation and hugs and even snacks. Within a few minutes of their departure, the Peters and their guests were all outside playing kickball, at least as well as a game of kickball can be played with a three-year-old and a two-year-old toddler. Pearson pitched the ball ever so gently to Jordan, who made an adorable attempt at the rolling ball but he missed it and fell flat on his diaper's backside. The whole family burst out laughing <laughs> and walked over to Jordan, offering him hugs and kisses. But Jordan wasn't amused. Instead of letting them pick him up off the ground, his body went limp and he began flailing his arms and screaming. <laughs> Pearson and Penelope were horrified. Though it was hard for Mama Peters to bend over, she managed to pick Jordan up off the ground and in a calm, but firm voice reminded him, No, Jordan, we do not get angry. The anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Ellie walked over and offered to hold Jordan, who was calming down by now. But Mama Peters was happy to hold him. Thank you, honey, but I want him to give hugs all around first. A couple of minutes passed before Jordan was ready to give hugs to everyone. But when he did, it was so precious to watch him throw his chubby arms around each person. With all the activity, everyone was pretty hungry for lunch. Once inside the house, Mama Peters gave orders to Penelope and Pearson to get out the bread, the lunch meat, lettuce, mayonnaise, and the cheese. Daddy Peters busied himself by cutting fruit and by picking out the bags of chips. Pearson and Penelope set about making sandwiches, and Mama Peters assigned the job of setting the table to Ellie and Lucy. And you can even enlist Jordan's help, Mama Peters told them. As Ellie set each plate, Jordan tagged behind her, and laid napkins on each plate. Lucy set out the cups. Only Lucy set the cups on the left side of the plate instead of the right side. Ellie promptly picked up the cups and set them on the right side of the plate to Lucy's consternation. Of course, Lucy couldn't have that, so she rearranged the cups, setting them on the left side of the plates again. Since she was older than Lucy, Ellie thought she knew better. So as one might expect, she gathered the cups to place them on the right side of the plates. Well, that did it. A mini-wrestling match ensued as Lucy tried to grab the cups from Ellie's hand. By that time, 
Ellie had had her fill. No, Lucy, you're doing it wrong! Lucy fired back with a loud, uh-uh, and swiftly kicked Ellie right in the shin. With all of the commotion, Daddy Peters took leave of cutting fruit and went over to the girls. Girls, girls, stop. That's not kind. Ellie looked up at Daddy Peters, her face beet red with embarrassment. But that didn't stop Lucy. She continued kicking Ellie in the shin and yelling, She's taking my cups! Ellie yelped in pain, as she tried to stop Lucy from kicking her, Daddy Peters picked up Lucy off the floor and held on to her as she flailed her legs. She tried to kick Daddy Peters, too, while she simultaneously yelled, No! 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 Jordan, too, got in on the act. He started pulling plates off the table and throwing them onto the floor. With all the noise, Mama Peters rushed in to intervene. For the second time in less than an hour, she picked up Jordan. But just as he had done when they played kickball... He made his body go limp and began howling, Aah! adding to the cacophony. Lucy continued making a scene while Ellie tried to help with her little brother. Pearson and Penelope looked as though they were in shock. What in the world was going on in their house? Eventually, Daddy Peters was able to calm Lucy down and talk to her about doing to others as she would have them do to herself. And Mama Peters spoke soothingly to Jordan, but firmly reminded him that he was not in charge and that he was to obey. Ellie had tears streaming down her face, concerned for Jordan's welfare. But at long last, peace was restored. Mama Peters gently explained to Ellie that Jordan could not be allowed to get away with temper tantrums, and that it wasn't good for Ellie to coddle that kind of behavior. Instead, she suggested that Ellie help Jordan to begin to learn self-control, even at the early age of two, because that would form good habits. Ellie seemed to understand as Mama Peters hugged her and kissed her head. After all that, finally, everyone sat down to eat. Mama Peters was beginning to look a little frazzled, in Penelope's opinion, and she knew who was responsible for that, so she decided to help out with her cousins and take charge a little. All right, guys, after lunch, we're going to do nap time in my room. Ellie, your mom said you can lie down with Lucy and Jordan in the same room, but you can just rest. She knew kids weren't exactly enamored with taking naps, so she tried to make it sound as fun as possible. And after nap time, Daddy Peters was speaking now, we'll all put on our coats and our warm pants because we're going to go ice skating. Upon hearing that, the kids cheered loudly. Even baby Jordan, who didn't even know what he was cheering about. However, the enthusiasm and good feelings were short-lived. When Mama Peters attempted to put the three kids down for a nap, there was more anger and more flailing, and more shouts of, No! 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 When Mama Peters finally emerged from the bedroom, her hair was out of place, and her face was red and wet with perspiration. She walked slowly downstairs and plopped on the couch. Pearson and Penelope had been occupied as they finished up the dishes in the kitchen, but after the disturbance upstairs, Penelope turned to Daddy Peters, who was putting the food away. Daddy, why are they so angry? Penelope, this is normal. Young kids, especially when they're tired and distressed because they miss their parents, tend to have temper tantrums. It's unfortunately part of the curse of sin, and we all have it because we want to get our way. Boy, I don't ever remember having tantrums like that, Penelope said. Oh, Nellie, trust me, you did. Daddy Peters left the kitchen and walked into the family room, where Mama Peters was half-sitting 
and half lying on the couch with her eyes half closed. Daddy Peters began massaging her feet and speaking in tones that Pearson and Penelope, who were straining to eavesdrop, couldn't hear a word. Pearson suggested that he and Penelope go play cars while waiting for the naps to finish up. They both walked into the living room and brought out their enormous collection of cars. Penelope began arranging her cars in a straight line on the floor. Pearson took his shiny blue car and tossed it over the couch as if it was making a huge jump over Penelope's ten-car lineup. But it didn't make it. Pearson's shiny blue car landed smack dab in the middle of Penelope's pile of cars, and she exploded in anger. Pearson! Stop it! Pearson wasn't about to let that one go. I didn't mean to, Penelope. Sheesh! Pearson snapped back. Well, look where you're going! You destroyed my line of cars. No, I have to set them all up again! Cry like a baby, Pearson mocked Penelope. I'm not a baby! I hate when you call me that! Well, then stop acting like a baby. Pearson's voice was dripping with superiority. That got under Penelope's skin, and that was the last straw. Pearson, I'm telling Mama! She stormed out of the room, but was met halfway by Daddy Peters, who had come running. What is all the racket about? Mama is asleep on the couch, Penelope. Daddy Peters was clearly aggravated. <laughs> Pearson's car landed on my pile of cars. He's so selfish. She was half crying and half screaming. That is what all this is about? Daddy Peters was appalled. Well, it's not fair. He called me a baby, she screeched. Pearson, who had followed Penelope when she went to tattle on him to Mama, emphatically denied the accusation. I did not. I said cry like a baby. Once again, Pearson's tone was haughty and condescending. That's it. To the table, both of you. Daddy Peter's voice was less than patient. The children knew that to hesitate even for a moment would spell serious trouble and discipline for them. Therefore, they quickly and obediently walked to the dining room table. Each of them flopped down on a chair and angrily stared at one another with eyebrows furrowed and eyes narrowed. Their staring contest was abruptly interrupted by loud shouting and laughter from upstairs. As soon as he heard the hullabaloo, Daddy Peters rushed upstairs, hoping not to disturb Mama Peters, who was plumb worn out. He threw open the door to Penelope's room where the cousins were supposed to have been sleeping, and was shocked by the scene before him. Lucy and Ellie were pillow fighting while jumping up and down on the bed. They had pulled all of Penelope's clothes out of every dresser drawer and had dumped the toy box in a big pile on the bed. As they jumped up and down, up and down, toys went flying all over the place and ricocheted off the wall. Daddy Peters darted over to the playpen to check on baby Jordan. Only he wasn't in the playpen. Daddy raised his voice over the uproar. Stop, girls! Where's Jordan? The girls instantly stopped jumping and looked at Daddy Peters. I don't know, they answered in unison. Daddy Peters walked out of the room. He heard sounds coming from the bathroom. He dashed down the hall and opened the bathroom door. There stood Jordan, playing in the toilet with the toilet brush. Daddy Peters could not believe his eyes. Jordan had unraveled an entire roll of toilet paper, and it was everywhere. Mama Peters' makeup bag sat on the counter, but it was completely empty. Her makeup was spilled all over the floor and most of it had been opened. Jordan's forehead was covered in lipstick, and mascara was smeared in his hair. Jordan paid no mind to Daddy Peters, 
as he stood splashing what little water remained in the toilet. Inside the toilet bowl was Jordan's diaper and two rolls of toilet paper, which had doubled in size because they had soaked up almost all of the toilet water. Thankfully, Daddy Peters had arrived before Jordan had a chance to flush the toilet. Jordan, no! Jordan stopped instantly and dissolved into a temper tantrum, arching his back as Daddy Peters tried to wrestle his wet body away from the toilet. After a gargantuan effort, Daddy Peters successfully bathed Jordan and cleaned the bathroom. With Jordan wrapped in a towel, Daddy Peters walked back into Penelope's room, where Lucy and Ellie were frantically attempting to clean up their mess. Ladies, do you pull clothes out of your drawers at home? Daddy Peters queried as he dressed Jordan. No, and we're sorry, Ellie answered, hanging her head. I forgive you, and thank you for starting to clean up. I'll give you a hand, and after it's cleaned, we'll go ice skating. They worked as a team to clean up the toys and put the clothes away. They transformed the room from looking like a zoo back to looking like Penelope's bedroom. You'll need to get some warmer clothes on so we can go ice skating. Mama Peters will help you get dressed, Daddy told him as he walked out of the room, holding Jordan. Mama Peters entered the room and chose coats and some jeans for the girls. After helping them into their clothes, Ellie began tugging hard at her coat. What's wrong, Ellie? Mama Peters inquired. It's too tight, Ellie complained. Mama Peters checked the size of the coat and observed that it fit Ellie perfectly. She responded patiently. It's definitely your size, sweetie. You look so pretty. I love peacoats. You look lovely in it. But it feels tight, and I don't want to wear it, Ellie said, pulling hard at the lapels of the coat, trying to magically loosen it. Well, I don't see that your mom has packed anything else for you to wear, dear. I think we just need to make do. Ellie wasn't about to give up so easy, though. She began curling her toes inside her socks and pursing her lips tightly as she continued to tug at the coat. Mama Peters, unsure of what to do, turned to Lucy, who was dressed and ready to have her hair done. Mama put Lucy's hair up in a tight bun, while Ellie continued having a private fit over the fit of her coat. She felt horrible inside, and she didn't know why she had to wear a coat at all. She wasn't even cold. It was too tight, and her skin was starting to feel sweaty and itchy, and she wanted to scream! She pulled harder, hoping to loosen the coat. Mama Peters was finished with Lucy's hair and turned her attention to Ellie. Ellie, I think I know what's going on here. There is nothing wrong with the coat, honey. What's wrong is what's going on inside of your head. Ellie stopped pulling at her coat for a minute and stood still, ready to listen to Mama Peters. As I was doing Lucy's hair, all of a sudden, I remembered how much I used to dislike when my mom, who was your grandmom, did my hair when I was young. Only I had the opposite problem as you. I wanted a super tight ponytail, and I didn't want lumps. I always pressed the lumps over and over with my hand, and I began to drive myself crazy. I would yank my ponytail as tight as I could, trying to make it tighter and tighter. My mom warned me that the more I yanked on it, the looser it got. But I paid no attention. I just hated the feeling of a loose and lumpy ponytail. Ellie's ears perked up as she listened to Mama Peters. She could relate to the feelings of hating something. Lucy, too, was paying close attention to Mama's story. And Mama hadn't noticed, but Daddy Peters was holding Jordan in the doorway and standing next to him were Pearson and Penelope. As I've gotten older, I've learned more about my feelings. I want something to feel a certain way. I want something to look a certain way. 
I want someone to act a certain way. And I get easily unhappy when things don't feel comfortable or look right or when someone does something I don't like. It makes me angry. I want to control everyone and all the things around me. When my mom did my ponytail, it didn't feel right. It didn't feel how I wanted it to feel. The Bible says in James chapter 4 that what causes fights and arguments are our wants which battle inside of us. When you don't like the way your coat feels, don't you feel like your insides are having a battle? And it is so difficult not to feel angry and upset when we don't get what we want. Ellie, what can you do when you feel like that? Ellie, whose eyes were brimming with tears, didn't have an answer. Well, when you feel like you're not getting what you want, you must ask the Lord to help you to do what He wants. You can't do it on your own. You must turn to Jesus and ask Him, Lord, let me want your way and not my way right now. Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. And then you know what you should do next? Ignore those feelings you're having, and then you should get busy doing something else. It looked as though a light bulb had gone off inside Ellie's head, and her eyes brightened. She let go of the lapel on her peacoat, like maybe I could put my shoes on right now. Mama's own eyes were filled with tears at seeing her little niece having victory over her sin and nodded with joy. Pearson and Penelope looked at one another, terribly convicted by their own sinful desires that had caused them to fight with one another. And Daddy Peters, exhausted, announced, This has been quite a day, but let's go out and have some fun. As everyone hustled downstairs, Penelope stopped Daddy in the hallway. Daddy Peters? Remember when I said I didn't remember having tantrums when I was my cousin's age? Well, today, I had a big kid tantrum. I am so sorry for fighting with Pearson. Oh, Nellie, I forgive you, and I trust that you and Pearson worked it out. We did, Daddy, and I realized that even though I didn't kick or go limp like my cousins, I threw just as big a tantrum as they did. I wanted my way just as much. So maybe when we get older, we throw tantrums in a different way, like by using anger and ugly words. Sweetie, I couldn't have said it better myself. Daddy Peters put his arm around his daughter and walked out the door. Children frequently have tantrums, honey, and we're about to have two more children. So be prepared not to judge them, but to remember that sin and anger is common to all of us. We all want control. We all want our way. And when we don't get it, we have tantrums. Our tantrums are just as dishonoring to God as much as the little one's tantrums are dishonoring to God. But now it's time to cool off. And I think I know the perfect place to do that. Penelope giggled. (laughs) Yep, the ice skating rink would definitely help cool everyone down. Hi, all. Welcome to Grandma's Corner. This was really a good story for me to hear this week. When I was a little girl, I too had problems with complaining about how my clothes felt. I would throw a hissy fit when I put my socks on. My mom would remind me that the Bible says to give thanks and not to grumble and gripe. She also taught my siblings and me to pray about everything, even when I thought my socks felt too tight. Just like Mama Peters encouraged Ellie to do when she had problems with her clothes feeling the right way to her. It is so wonderful that God hears our cries to Him 
and he's never too busy to listen to us. I love what King David wrote in Psalm 116, 1-2 about how God pays close attention to us when we pray. Let me read it to you. I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my supplications. Remember that to supplicate means to ask because he has inclined his ear to me. And that just means he's ready to listen. Therefore, I shall call upon him as long as I live. So if you're struggling with how your clothes might feel, or you're having problems getting along with a sibling, like Pearson and Penelope did, or if you want your own way and you're not getting it, tell Jesus all about it. He cares and he's ready to listen. We hope you come back next week for another story about the Peters children. Bye for now.